This is Endscreen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at Endscreen Media, and today is November the 18th, 2021. Reed Hastings and Ted Sarandos, the co-CEOs of Netflix, may be feeling a little unsettled these days, uh, but we'll get to that in just a second. For now, at least, Netflix remains the SVOD king. It has 214 million paying subscribers around the world, One-fifth of U.S. adults say it is their default source for TV, and 26% of the 8.4 billion streaming hours delivered uh, in June of this year were delivered by Netflix. So that's a pretty impressive performance, I think, and really stamps its place as the king of SVOD, at least for now. But here's the thing, competitors are beginning to catch up. So Disney Plus now has 179 million subscribers, just 35 million behind Netflix these days. And the number of US adults that say that it is the default TV service actually fell 3% from 2021. And what's interesting is if you look at the number that say it is one of Netflix's major competitors, one of the top four competitors, that actually grew 4%. So there is definitely an effect here where the competitors are eating into Netflix's dominance. And that that share of streaming hours, yeah, that's down as well. Uh, Back in June of 2020, there were 6.8% billion streamed hours according to Comscore and Netflix had a 27% share then and as I say its share has actually slipped to 26% in June 2020 but notwithstanding it is losing share even when counted by the amount of time delivered. So this is not a desperate time for Netflix, but it is definitely a time for the co-CEOs to really figure out and think about how they maintain their lead, how they remain in uh, in that top spot. So how are they thinking about doing that? Well, there are a couple of ways that they can do this. Of course, content is king. And boy, This is one company that is not shy to spend on content. It is supposedly spending 17 billion on content in 2021. And uh, only Disney comes even close. Well, actually Disney is supposedly spending 30 billion on content for its streaming services, but that's gonna be spread across Disney Plus, Hulu and ESPN Plus. And it's actually not clear if you they're double counting so movies that appear on Disney Plus early it's not sure not clear how exactly they account for that and the fact that they were also released in theaters so Netflix is obviously spending enough money on the content but there's no point in spending money on that content if people can't find it and that is where Netflix has really been doing some things i think that are very savvy Uh, So I'm going to highlight two for us to talk about today. And the first one, it actually doesn't sound like it has anything to do with discovery at all. But let's get, I'll I'll get there. Let's talk about it. Uh, Let's talk about what they're doing. Well, the first thing is Netflix used to report the number of viewers of its content. And the way it reports those viewers is if you watched two minutes of a show you are counted as a viewer even if it's a full movie you watch two minutes you're counted 
and that allowed it to claim that Bird Box was viewed by 80 million viewers. 80 million people saw that, which was at that time about half of Netflix subscribers supposedly watched that movie. Well, people have been very unhappy about this and there's been a lot of pushback to Netflix and Netflix has actually changed. And now they say they will be reporting the total hours streamed by title. So uh, they're actually already doing this. You can go and look at this yourself. Go to top10.netflix.com. And by the way, that's the digits for 10, not the word 10. Top10.netflix.com. And there you will see the top 10 rankings for movies and for shows. Now, counting by this measure, it was leaked this week that Squid Game attracted 1.4 billion hours of viewing in the first 28 days of availability. That is an amazing number. That means the average Netflix account watched four hours of Squid Game. Uh, Now, I'm sure that that means some watched the whole thing and others watched none, like me, or I think I watched 20 minutes. Uh, but it does give you, uh, I think this hour's watch does give you a much better idea of how popular the titles are. And actually they're doing something, Netflix is doing something which they've never done before. They're going to start having these numbers audited by an independent accounting firm called EY starting next year. Now this actually is very helpful to Netflix because Nielsen has started to report on the top titles being watched on Netflix. And I think Netflix is very unhappy about that. And they're going to get these hours viewed out much more quickly than Nielsen is getting theirs out. So they're looking to rest back the conversation about their own content, I think, from Nielsen. And you'll be able to get lots of information from uh, top10.netflix.com. You'll be able to look at the global English and non-English movie and TV show listings. They even break this out by country. And this is where the discovery part comes in. Because Netflix, I think, is going to be publicizing this data on a weekly basis, it's going to give press and publications and websites something to talk about and they'll publish this data and it will help create a buzz about all of Netflix shows and undoubtedly Netflix will use this information internally also to tell people what's popular in their region all of this generates buzz about the shows all of this will tell people what they should be watching if they want to be in the zeitgeist, as Ted Sarandos likes to say, if they want to be watching what everybody else is watching. And that should generate a lot more viewing. And the one thing we know for sure is if people are using your service, they aren't going to cancel it. And if they're finding more stuff to watch, they're much more likely to come into your service on a daily basis. Uh, because they're they're being gratified, they're being pleased with the content that you're providing them. Okay, so that's one thing that Netflix is doing, I think, to help people find its content. The other thing they're doing is something that might at first sound a little strange. They're doing a deal with Amazon. Now, many people pitch Amazon uh, Prime Video against Netflix as direct competitors. 
I don't think they are competitors. I think Amazon's goals for Fire TV are very different to Netflix. Uh, Amazon, of course, has a whole bunch of other things going on, including retail, uh, that they want to get people embroiled in. And, and that's part of the goal here with the Prime Video and IMDb TV. And of course, IMDb TV is giving it an ad business as well. So I think they're very different animals. And I don't think Netflix thinks as Amazon as a competitor at all in its business. So what's the deal? Well, Amazon and Netflix are working together to allow people to talk to Alexa-enabled Fire TV devices and say, just simply, Alexa, play something on Netflix. And what happens then is that Alexa will start Netflix, I guess, communicate to it that somebody just say, said, play something. And then Netflix will use what it knows about your viewing behavior to play something it thinks you're going to enjoy viewing. This seems to be the equivalent of starting Netflix and clicking on that new play something button that sits right underneath your profile picture. Uh, they both seem to be doing roughly about the same thing. But given the growth in the use of voice for searching and control of TV, I think this is a very smart move on, the behalf, on, on behalf of Netflix. It gets people directly into the, the service and watching something very, very quickly. And that is critical because you want to minimize the time between getting uh, between starting some starting the service and actually watching something that that really is very very critical measure I think for Netflix and all, and all SVOD services and you might ask why they're working with Fire TV first and not Roku because well, Roku's king in the US right well it makes a lot of sense for them to do Fire TV before Roku and here's why if you look at shares of streaming set-top boxes and sticks in the US, Parks Associates says that Roku and Fire TV are in a dead heat. They both have 36% share each of the market of, of those devices that are installed and in use in people's homes. And Apple TV, that's a distant third with 12%. Chromecast behind that at 8%. But it makes sense to do Amazon first because Amazon is actually number one in Europe. Many European countries, Fire TV is the device that most people are using to stream and they are rolling this feature out globally. And if you're in the US, you can already use this. It's already been rolled out. You can say Alexa, play something on Netflix. Just make sure you have updated the software on your on your Amazon Cube or Fire TV device before you do it. Because if you haven't and you say this, it takes you to a movie called Something in Prime Video. So as, as I tried. Um, so it, it makes a lot of sense to be working with Amazon first on this. Now, I have no doubt that, that Netflix is already talking with Roku about this, and we may even see this on Android TV, Google TV as well, because that's also very popular globally, uh, much more popular globally than Roku is. And uh, by the way, you should be watching out for a wacky ad spot that will be running this November on Fox and NBC, uh, advertising the availability of this feature.
So there you have it. There are two, I think, very smart things that Netflix is doing to help it maintain its lead in the US and around the world as the number one SVOD service and the SVOD service that most people consider to be their first choice for television viewing. Uh, Anyway, this has been Colin Dixon and you can get much more information about this topic and many others at my website, uh, endscreenmedia.com. And while you're there, why don't you sign up for our daily or weekly newsletter? It's free and will get delivered directly to your inbox. We'll see you again next time.